He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> no pre cum. <laughs> Well, that means you're not exciting him enough. Well, actually, no, this episode is not about pre-cum people, but what is your opinion on pre-cum? Does one have an opinion on pre-cum? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I, I like, I enjoy it because I feel like it means I'm doing a good job. Like when a girl gets wet. That's exactly what I see it as. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. But I don't like have an like, opinion on it, whether I like it or don't. Okay. <laughs> it's just there. On today's episode, you it's might get... Such a, <laughs> such a weird beginning to an episode ever. We're a mess. We're back on Zoom. We're getting our sea legs with this again. I mean, at this time last year, we were on Zoom with Kirstie Alley. You remember that? And we were on a whole different time zone, too. Yeah, because you were in Vancouver. Kirsty was in Kansas. Now I'm at home in my own apartment by myself in Ottawa. Lighten up. <laughs> Smoking a pancake. Because that's how I live here. Yeah, well, went in quarantine with a cast, right? Well, there it is. Yeah, God. So you got one more week with that thing and then two more with the boot and you well, should be good. I'm, I'm not going to look forward. I'm just taking it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Smart girl. Time. One day at a time. But uh, yeah. So it we're was kind of funny you. though, when I was getting the cast like off and seeing the doctor, there was this girl next to me who had like the same cast as me and she was like my age. So I was like listening and she, and she was like, I think she was like two weeks ahead of me. And she, the doctor was like, well, you can, you don't need the crutches. Like you can put the boot on and you can, you have to keep it on 70% of the time. You can take it off all the time. And I was like, so jealous. Uh, you'll get there. I have faith, but it's a lesson. Kids take care of yourself. Don't fall on ice. Cause at this age, it's no joke. I just, don't, I don't think I belong in a city that has winter. <laughs> I, I never hurt myself in all the other cities. I lived in Vancouver. Doesn't have winter. Florida, you fall. Doesn't have winter. You fall hard every winter. Every winter. I know. I almost made it out of this one. And this is the worst injury you've had. So, no, you didn't. I know. I almost did, though. Oh, my God. Last year, it was your nose. The year before that, what was it? I don't even remember. Granted, last year was not me falling and hurting. Oh, yeah, right. My nose. I got mugged. We never, we, I'm mad we didn't tell that story on the podcast. Well, you kind uh, of it, was, it took me a while. I still have a bit of a, I think is PTSD from it. Well, yeah. Uh, whenever I hear someone run from behind me, I fucking sprint. Well, scream. you know, <laughs> yeah, that was really scary what happened to you, but I'm so proud of you. Just like a scene in Mrs. Doubtfire, you held onto your purse. You were not giving them that damn purse. Even though that person of shit in it had my dirty ass knee pads from volleyball and my fucking gym <laughs> and my gym runners didn't have my wallet, didn't have shit. So you should have just let it go. And it wasn't even a nice purse. The purse I got, someone bought me like a, a gift. I was actually Johnny Novak's mom for Christmas one year. Oh, like a gift basket in that bag was part of the gift basket. So it's not even like it was like a. 
It wasn't even a real purse. Con, like <laughs> you know those those brats. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> they, all right. They, what are we on? We're on some history of. So, okay. Yeah. We were doing a history. I was going to do a segue being like, you got to be careful because not all strangers are friendly strangers. Eh? Eh? Why are you See saying that? Well, because on today's episode, you might get what we're, <laughs> fuck. Okay. You can't always get what you want. <laughs> on today's episode, you might get where you're going. You might be the victim of a serial killer, or you might just get a ride in more ways than one. Today, we're looking at the history of hitchhiking. Wow, it's nothing sexual. Well, however, I'm yes. sure you're going to make it that way. Oh, you don't know. I learned a lot preparing for this episode, including sex was a huge part of hitchhiking when it first got invented. I'm a little apprehensive going into this because my dad back in the seventies hitchhiked from Northern Saskatchewan to Guatemala and back. Guatemala. I thought you were going to say across Canada. My dad did it across Canada, Guatemala. He slept in ditches. He got dysentery. I mean, he did got dysentery dysentery. Yeah. That's no joke. You can die from that. Oh, he got it so bad. He lost like 50 pounds. And my grandmother was an ER nurse. And I remember he finally got to the point where he had to call home and be like, I'm so sick. But my dad had actually saved so much money hitchhiking that he had enough money to fly home. But instead, he decided to hitchhike back. with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money is a great motivator. Hey, I've got this much. Eh, I don't want to spend right, it. Right. So I've well, heard many hitchhiking stories in my life. Including that you can catch dysentery. So yeah. don't hitchhike. Exactly. Uh, well, no. Is it, it dysentery or dysentery? Uh, I don't know. I thought you said it properly, dysentery. But on Mrs. Doubtfire, again, they say dysentery. So that might just be like an American-Canadian thing. Or yeah, like, yeah. my parents are horrible at pronouncing shit because they are from the prairies. So I could have very much learned that from my parents and they passed it on to me. Could be. I don't think, I think it's a tomato, tomato. It's kind of like the word liter uh, literally. How do you say that? Literally. Well, you know, some people say like, literally. I'm literally saying you suck. Well, some people say literally. I literally think you suck. I literally think you suck, darling. Yeah. All right. Should we do the rest of the episode talking like that? Hell no. Um, no. <laughs> well, well, listen, there's one famous historian. His name's Jack Reed. And he even said that hitchhiking was essential to building the modern North American civilization we know today. A hundred percent. What do you mean? Because people like uh, a lot of immigrants and stuff that built the railroads that make our country functional. Uh, they hitchhiked around. How else do you get around? Before no yeah. buses. That's no right. Highways. Yep. Even cars, right? Think of when, when were cars invented, like the 40s or 50s or 30s? Like it wasn't that long ago. No, I'm, I'm making shit up now. Trust people, I have actual facts here. I'm not reading my page yet. But the, before cars, you're right, not everybody had a car. And it took several decades before everybody had a car like we do today. Right. They were never like, now cars like almost a necessity. Yeah. Whereas back then it was a luxury. Yeah. 
I mean, unless you live in a city center, it's not necessarily a necessity, but at most places, you know, it is. If I lived in Toronto, I wouldn't have a car. No. And, and like, even where you live now, you could survive. Well, no, Ottawa. Oh, you still I could need, easily yeah. survive without a car where I live. Well, yeah. But I mean, but, but then you have like appointments in Canada or lean, like it's, you know, more spread out than somewhere like LA or Toronto. That's right. all. Right. Okay. So the way I'm going to do this, Jenna, is I'm going to go through the decades, like, so hitchhiking in the twenties, the thirties, and we're going to go through, don't worry. It's, we're not going to be here all night people. Right. Um, but first, we're going to start in the 20s. So we're going way back. We're going back 100 years. 1920s was like flapper styles, right? Like That's right. Dresses and stuff. Ooh. So in the 20s, hitchhiking was very common. In fact, it was even encouraged because back then people were actually nice to each other and believed in helping one another rather than just keeping busy with their own shit all the time, which is actually not a joke. That was in, in the research I did was, you know, the sense of community and helping your neighbor was a lot more common in the twenties than it is today. It's like a very hospitable thing to do. Like uh, I was watching this TikTok and this girl is from like the South or is from Europe or something. And she's like living in New York or something. And she's like, where I come from, like, if you have leftover food, you bring it to your neighbors. Wow. And, and she's like, I did that to my neighbor. And she answered the door and was just like, um, cause she had like an extra cheesecake. and was like, here, I'm, here's a cheesecake I have for you. Would you like it? Trying to make friends. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like in North America, we've had this weird shift of culture where yes. we don't want to help our neighbors anymore. We're just kind of in it to help ourselves because we don't trust our neighbors. You got it exactly. And hitchhiking played a big part in that lack of trust. So I touch on that a little bit later. But one ad from the 1920s said this, which I thought was so funny. Um, uh, it said, if you're going to hitchhike properly, you should always, quote, look collegiate as possible wear your knickers, be always neat, well-shaved, and have a clean shirt, a.k.a. be white. Sorry, say that again, that list of criteria? By the way, the a.k.a. white thing was in the article I just I reading. Know. I'm just copying what, what they said. But, the because, but I'm going to read that quote again because, okay, I, I see why you're saying me to read it again because I don't understand why they associated those descriptors with being Caucasian. So here's the quote again. You should look collegiate as possible, wear your knickers, be always neat, well-shaved, and have a clean shirt. I think that's very racist that they said that you should look, you should be white because nothing about those descriptors indicated a white person to me. Except well, for me. You have to look at the time. Is Was your average person of color living in a uh, well enough life that they could be cleanly shaven and have the proper attire and go to college. Because, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like anyway. I think immediately of like a Southern frat boy when you describe these things. Yeah. Oh, that's hot. Uh, no, no. Hot. Yes. I'm sorry. That is like my perfect type. I have such a soft spot for like Southern frat boys. That's like, Oh my God. I'm Maybe sure every game. You know they hate their own sexuality. So you just want to corrupt them. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So uh, aside from the subtle racism that was implied there, looking your best when hitchhiking was good advice because at the time there were less than 30 million cars and trucks on the road. So one of the primary motivations for hitchhiking was to get laid. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. This is in the twenties. Remember 
Really? The Roaring Twenties. Yeah, so dapper men and flapper women went to, quote, find one another, seeking thrills one hitch at a time. I guess this is kind of like an old school version of a brothel, like, but in a car. <laughs> like on a more casual basis. But what if you didn't like who you picked up? Like, <laughs> Well, maybe you just gave him a ride then. Dropped him off and then picked up another one. You know, a lot can change when the sunglasses come off. <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? I look so much hotter with my sunglasses on, especially now since I haven't put makeup on in like 80 months. Oh, God. Or the masks, because they had masks in the 20s, didn't they? With the Spanish flu. (laughs) No, the 20s wasn't the Spanish flu. Oh, it was before. It was the 18, 19. No, I think it was after, because my grandfather was alive for the Spanish flu. Well, when he was in the, oh, and he was born in the 30s, probably. He's 92 now. So you do the math. No, we don't do math on this show. <laughs> anyway, I said you do the math. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. So in the 20s, the most popular hitchhikers were college date uh, aged aged. Oh, boy. See, this is the problem with these Zoom episodes, Jenna, is I feel like I get a little more drunk alone. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't know why. I'm just like here, just I've already finished almost a bottle. Okay, college aged. College aged men were the main people using hitchhiking services in the 20s. Um, and the main state, oh, you can guess this. Guess guess the most popular state for hitchhiking in the 20s. Hold on. Come on. It's easy. Is it Alabama? No, easier. No, I think the biggest hitchhiking state would have been California. Think about think about what we just talked about. Free sex. You don't care who you pick up. You're dirty. California, Florida. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Florida, baby. Florida. That's where hitchhiking was born. So I guess they weren't too picky about who they picked up. Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah. hitchhiking was like a thing. Like, so my parents grew up in like. Uh, prairie towns, like smaller towns, and they got around by hitchhiking. Did they? Yeah, hitchhiking was not an uncommon thing to do. Like no, and- my my grandmother even hitchhiked to all through the states and back. My dad hitchhiked later on in the seventies uh, throughout North America and south, close to south. You know, like wow. But people weren't as fucking creepy back then, apparently. That's it. Or, or like, I'm, maybe there were that many creepy people, but it was harder to trace murders and shit. So no one knew about them. I that's think that's exactly thing. right. Or yeah, right. Because it seems, and as we'll get to this, a couple of creeps ruined hitchhiking for everybody. Um, I yeah. think a big play into that came with the development of highways. Because you have these vast like stretches of road protected by a lot of wilderness and it was very easy to like because no one's stopping in those areas no one's gonna smell a dead body while they're driving by necessarily so then you have into play like i know a lot of um serial killers were long haul drivers yeah it was a killer called the happy face killer and the reason why he was able to kill so many people is because he drove through so many states and countries was never in the same place and he would pick up hitchhikers hitchhikers aka uh sex workers that's right uh yeah bingo bingo okay did i ruin the rest of the episode no 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 you didn't uh you didn't (laughs) 
but I just want to keep moving because we're only at the thirties and like, you know, yeah. How, yeah. So <laughs> no, but I'm very excited to get to the serial killer part because I know you probably know all these serial killers I'm going to mention because you know, Oh, I do. Yeah. But by the 1930s, hitchhiking was no longer just for sex. It was a way of survival. So this is sort of what you were just talking about. Um, but by the 1930s or 1933 in particular, the unemployment rate was 24.9%. So this was in the States, but 24.9% of the population was unemployed. That's a pretty right. big amount. And I so feel a lot like of with all our lockdowns, we're getting close to that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, and so maybe hitchhiking will come back. No, it probably won't. But because so many people were unemployed, they didn't have cars, they didn't have money. People had to rely on hitchhiking to get to their interviews because everybody wanted a job, but you have no way to get there. There was no buses, right? So it was actually so common that the U.S. government started to encourage it to help the economy because it was suffering. The FDR administration was asking citizens to, quote, have a more unified sensibility to look out for your fellow man and picking up hitchhikers became kind of like a civic duties, duties, duty, C yeah. civic duty. You said duty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Some Americans say they found it refreshing because a couple years leading up to that time was when this sense of every man for himself really started to take hold in America. So this idea that like, you know, if I can make it, you can make it too. just pull up your boots and, you know, work until you can't work anymore. Kind of thing. Have you so ever typed? No, I've never hitchhiked. I I'm have like scared. three times. Shut up by yourself. No, obviously with girlfriends, but we were young, super young and dumb. And it was probably not the best thing we could have done, but no, but we usually did it like not in the city or anything. Like I'm not in downtown Vancouver being like, pick me up. No, right. Vancouver, uh, no, right. But like when we would go to like, we call them cabins, but we'd go to our cabins and like up in Soyuz or Kelowna or like smaller areas. Yeah. Where if you stay there for a week, everyone knows who you are. So it's safer. Like it's not exactly yeah. like you're saying with the highways where it's just stranger after stranger. It's a lot. Right. But you make an interesting point with that too. Cause there was this, um, when it comes to like first nations women in Canada and uh, their murder rates, there's this, uh, it's called the highway of tears in Canada. Oh, and yes. It's actually this highway where a lot of women, not all of them are First Nations. However, a lot of them are. Um, and I watched this amazing special on it called The Highway of Tears. So good to watch because it really helps you understand where First Nations women were coming from because they wouldn't trust police and they didn't have cars. So the only way for them to get a job, like you just mentioned, was for them to hitchhike into town to be able to get the job and go to their interview. That's it. Right. So, um, but the government was responsible for putting an end to this. Like the government didn't like it. And it's a lot like, you know, you think of the legalization of weed or even sex work today, they still try to prohibit these things. And here's a quote from the government at the time, this was in the thirties. And they said, uh, quote, the nation's youth has been turned into a group of entitled beggars asking for free rides all the time. Oh my God. Does that not sound fucking familiar or what? What? Like Trump? Well, people these days being like, millennials they don't want Everything. they don't want to work for anything exactly and it's like these people just wanted to get to their job interview so they could provide for themselves i think that's just a product of having really old fucking people in government that exactly. aren't up with the times 
At, yeah, it's because they can't keep up with the developments of the world as fast. Um, Uber is like the modern day hitchhiker. Yes, yes. And we talk about Uber. Uh, you, you're totally right. You, uh, oh my God, Jenna, you're so smart. It, <laughs> Uber is, and, and these historians- no no i'm not saying it again i told you i told you i'm getting a little drunk uh no but you're right these historians have credited uber and lyft and these ride sharing programs as the modern day hitchhiking because essentially i never viewed hitchhiking as a negative thing and maybe that's because my parents did it so often yeah but i never saw it as like this negative thing but it is it does put you in a very vulnerable position as a young woman but you know but or a young man or a young trans it doesn't matter the yeah. chihuahua but the point is even if you take an uber you could still be killed if that person is a serial killer you're gonna get killed attack yeah. by a bus any time you get in a vehicle it's true someone yeah i guess uber makes us feel safer because there's a record of it but if you're still gonna get killed you're gonna get killed right so here we are in the 40s and the young people had the last laugh because these lazy hitchhikers, as the government called them, uh, uh, had the last laugh, which I already said. Because during World War II, picking up hitchhiking soldiers was very patriotic. Look, so here's what remember I Forrest Gump? The no, I don't Forrest remember. Forrest Gump? What happened in Forrest Gump? He, they picked up hitchhikers. So many movies that were placed during... The not World War II necessarily, or in even Vietnam, it was always fucking soldiers hitchhiking. Oh, because they had to get like so they got like brought back from their country or from the country they were fighting in, got placed back in the U.S. or wherever with all these issues and nowhere to go. Yeah, just hitchhike until they got home or found a place to go. Okay, I have a confession that I wasn't going to make. You already know. No, you've picked up a hitchhiker and had sex. Oh, I wish. Oh. The only time I've done that was with an army guy at a comedy show in Petawawa. But uh, no, <laughs> we've told that story. Uh, and this is why you should go listen to our 300 episodes. Uh, <laughs> I have never seen Forrest Gump in its entirety. I know. I know. I'm it's so bad. It's such a fabulous movie because it really showcases like all of the times and like, yeah. I know it's right up there with League of Their Own and I love Tom Hanks. You remember I got such a crush on Tom Hanks when we watched League of Their Own. That was my best, uh, best fucking Tom Hanks movie in my opinion was Forrest Gump. Not League of Their Own. No. Well, cause he was kind of a jerk in League of Their Own. Yeah, Forrest Gump, he played so many different sides kind of, and it's just a very special movie. Yeah, I should watch it, Jenna. I know a lot about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should like every- watch it, Jenna. <laughs> I was like, every time we'd get a call or at the radio station, hi, is this Jenna? My name's Jenna. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing. Everyone calls me Jenna. I have like one friend that calls me Jenny and he only calls me Jenny when he says it, Jenny. Like that. Like yeah. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Okay, 1940s. Yeah, so where was I? So yeah, in the in World War II, it was very popular to pick up soldiers um, because they were uh, trying to get people back and forth. Sorry, I lost my place. I'm trying to vamp, but it's not working. Uh, so this was part of a nationwide effort to get 
fighting men to and from military bases. So yeah, they relied on average people because they didn't have cars. Like I was saying earlier, they didn't have cars. So how do these thousands of soldiers get to the base? They needed civilians to give them rides or they were never going to get there. Right. So Americans left home for the military during World War II, and it's no surprise they needed a few extra wheels. In a spirit of unity during this time, many high school football teams hitchhiked to all their games to try to encourage people to be more friendly with hitchhiking. So, this, but this is what fucked me up. I'm like, so here you're having a hard time getting soldiers a ride. Now you want to give football, Teenagers. high school football. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now we're just adding to the. <laughs> stupid but anyway uh, also like as an athlete you have to be on time to your shit and if you're hitchhiking you can't guarantee when you're gonna get picked up it's like as an athlete you'd have to leave like two hours before your fucking arrival time just to ensure that you hopefully got a ride yeah you're right and you couldn't get, <laughs> and if you didn't you couldn't get mad because it's free bitch like you know I'm doing you a favor you can't get mad <laughs> You know, but soon that would all change. The rise in car ownership and material wealth came in. The country would soon become time to. Gr- Why do I try to script myself, Jenna? It just never works out. Um, dum, bum. So basically, after the 40s, the 50s came in and the 50s is really the decade that fucked everybody up. Because the 50s are when this idea of individual wealth came in and the hippies weren't cool and like, you know, industrial revolution. The hippies hadn't even come. The hippies didn't come till the 70s. Well, apparently they started in the 50s, but you're right. Uh, but but they weren't they weren't mainstream. So right. they, they actually in the 50s, they called them juvenile delinquents. They weren't known as hippies. Yeah, because the 50s was like the Pleasantville sort of. Yes, yes. Yes. My grandma was young in the 50s. But it was the 50s that gave way to this idea of everybody should have a white picket fence and a house and two to five kids. And it's crazy that we're still dealing with that ideal now. You know, 50 years later, people still hold on to that. Well, I so I've been watching this show called Southern Charm, and I know a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, my God, I've been watching that for like eight seasons. Well, I'm just on it. okay? and it's going (laughs) to be people in Charleston and in Charleston is a very Southern, like aristocratic area. And like these people are all wealthy because of their family names. And I'm like, without your family names, you'd be stupid. You wouldn't be able to survive in society. So like, I, I feel like then there were still things that were that important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know a little bit. I lost my train of thought a little bit there. I'm not doing well today. I'm not going to lie. It's an off day for Jenna. (laughs) So, so, so as usual so, so we'll keep it moving by the 1950s headlines like this were much more common when talking about hitchhikers death in disguise don't pick up trouble is he a pleasant companion or a sex maniac don't take the risk so as what know, year was this did this have anything to do with the zodiac killer well uh We'll get to that. I don't think so. I don't know. Let me keep reading because I forget. I cut this a few days ago. You know, I've been drinking. Okay. So Americans uh, and Canadians purchased 58 million vehicles over the course of the 50s. So this was really the car boom generation, the economic boom, the growth of suburbs, the construction of highways, like you mentioned, and the idea that young men had to have a car to be a viable husband 
all contributed to the demise of hitchhiking as an acceptable mode of transportation. As people became less reliant on each other, they also became less trusting and more suspicious. And welcome to the age of paranoia and plastic. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's true, right? Because back then people were like, we, we, you, you just trust your neighbor. That's just the way of life. And if you think of where we are now, most people don't even talk to their neighbors. You know what's even so crazy, Jesse, is when we were young and we were like seven, eight years old, we lived that way too. Yes. So it yeah, wasn't that right. long ago. Like we're going back to like the 50s and whatever. But like in reality, where did we get so lost? I miss like when your parents told you, I'm going out. Yeah. Come back before the lights turn out. Yeah. And you didn't even lock the door. Right. Well, something happened in the fifties and the FBI felt the need to start an anti-hitchhiking campaign with the idea that there was no way of knowing if the picker upper was quote, a friendly travel, friendly traveler or a (laughs) friendly traveler or a vicious (laughs) or a vicious murderer. And that went triple if you happen to be a woman. Quote, cracking down on hitchhiking became a way of cracking down on the counterculture, particularly on women who were claiming new rights of freedom and mobility. It's funny because until the hippies embraced it, hitchhiking was considered a form of public good. But as soon as hippies were doing it, polite society couldn't do it anymore. Like it wasn't cool. You know? It's just so weird because... I don't know. Women are always seen seem as these like defenseless, defenseless creatures too. So like I know. back, it's kind of because during the seventies when hitchhiking was okay, a lot of women were hitchhiking, but that was like during a very like strong like female empowerment movement time. Yeah, you know, I don't know what my point was with that, but well, told you I'm really off. Today. This kind of gets blurry. I'm sorry. I should have been more selective with my. No, research. I'm sorry. We're only at the 60s and 70s, but at least these two decades are lumped together. So in the, this was the 60s and 70s, they're calling the last great era of hitchhiking because from the 80s on, it just wasn't a thing anymore. Well, and the 70s was when like Woodstock happened and ah! people were hutch. Oh, <laughs> no, you got it. Carry on. You got it. They were hitchhiking. That's when my dad was hitchhiking in the 70s. So yeah. And your brothers and sisters would smile on you. That's a lyric. Smile on you, love. I was going to say. Everybody get together, try to love one, one another. Come now. on. Right now. Yeah, sorry. Right. Exactly. And that was a vibe back then. And it started to be expected that if you picked up a hitchhiker, they'd thank you by sharing whatever party favors they had on them. So that's why it started to come back in popularity again, because everybody was doing drugs. So you knew if you hit picked up a hitchhiker, you had to share your drugs with them. One time, my friend Michelle Robb and I... Uh, picked up a hitchhiker randomly for some stupid reason. His tire had blown out and we just felt so bad for him. And he offered us like a ton of weed, like as a like, thank you for picking me up. And we didn't take it. Cause I was like, what if his weeds laced with something? <laughs> <laughs> and also like there's me and like Michelle and we were like tw- maybe 19 years old with this guy who like looked like he hadn't showered for a day, but just wanted a ride because he had his tire with him. But, you know, it makes me think too. And this is so sad because like back in the seventies, Ted Bundy was a huge thing. Yeah. Seventies. He's coming up. Or Seventies and eight. Yeah. He fucked everyone up when it came to trusting anyone because, right. you know, I showed my cast on my Instagram stories and our friend, Johnny Novak messaged me and he's like, 
I don't believe it's real. You know, Ted Bundy had a cast on. <laughs> and I was like, seriously, man. But I was like, obviously, I bought a fucking gold Volkswagen, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I feel like people like that and the Green River Killer and the Smiley Face Killer ruined that trust amongst not just hitchhikers, but amongst society. Totally. They totally did. And that's just how it happened. Um, but here's the thing. Okay, so in, in 1966, Sports Illustrated ran this story because hitchhiking started to become so popular again with the hippies and the Woodstock and the drug of it all. So they wanted to try to put an end to it again. So this is what they put out. Sports Illustrated said, uh, if you're going to hitchhike, you should take a companion or at least a hat pin. Never accept a ride if your first instinct is against it. Trust your gut and learn how to say I'm going to throw up in five different languages. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so smart. If you're in a car and you feel uncomfortable with the person that's giving you a ride and that can happen in an Uber, that can happen in a taxi. If you get that weird to say to get out, to say I'm going to puke is the best way to get out of a car oh it's true i didn't even i didn't even connect that i was thinking they meant if you actually had to puke but you're right that's probably just to get out of a bad situation if someone's in your car even if you're a rapist who wants to like rape and keep the person i'm gonna be and start like gagging anyone's gonna be like and pull the car over bye yeah yeah What's it? What what did you say in five different languages and dirty love the show we were in together? I want uh, you to make me orgasm in five. Yeah. <laughs> make me come in five. Yeah, different yeah, languages. yeah, a little different. You don't want to say that in a hitchhike. I'm still looking for that person, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> me too, honey. Me too. Maybe we should just get married, Jenna. And okay. buy each other like devices because we ain't making each other come. Well. I don't know. Not yet. But as you get older, I hear you get like more perverted. We may get into it one day. We might get old enough and be like, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> okay. To the 1980s to today. Uh, oh, so- the 80s. I love the 80s. I'm so blessed to be born in the 80s. So they really condense this uh, section. But you're right. We are blessed to be born in the 80s. And I love it because we saw so many things. We saw CDs, VHSs, MP3s, the internet. Also, the reason they condensed those times is because by then it was illegal everywhere. To hitchhike? Yeah. Is, is hitchhiking illegal? I see them still, though. Oh, so like I've driven like, I don't know, in BC, at least I haven't driven like tons in Ontario, but in BC, there's signs all over that says hitchhiking is illegal. Hitchhiking is illegal. You cannot pick anyone up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, in the 80s, the end of hitchhiking is attributed to the rise in crime rates in, uh, well, the 80s. One journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Can anybody that listens to this tell when I'm reading? (laughs) Repeats the same sentence five times, but just in different. You know what? It's because I think I know where I'm going and then I start reading and it's like I I did know where I was going. So I read anyway. I just like how you but you reread every line back in like a different like. Different uh, tone on certain words, you know. <laughs> and then I get mad at myself. I already said that. <laughs> well, one journalist was suspicious that hitchhiking was actually dangerous. Uh, uh, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. 
No, sorry. Now I know where I'm going. So there's this journalist in the 80s and he was suspicious that hitchhiking was actually totally safe. And it was just the government trying to like put make it look bad. Yeah, make it look bad. So what he did was he dug into all the suspicious hitchhiking that was allegedly happening. And uh, he found that around the time in the 80s, when everyone was against hitchhiking, blaming it on violent crimes, he found that there were no actual violent crimes about hitchhikers in the news. In fact, one study from California Highway Patrol research team found hitchhiking to be, quote, hardly more dangerous than walking down the street. Isn't that interesting? It didn't matter, though. Perception was reality and too many people already believed that it was dangerous. So by the end of 1980, it was basic knowledge that anyone out there hitchhiking was nuts or basically asking for their body to end up dead in the woods. Well, you know, I still feel that way because it's a product of when we were raised, I think. Like, I would never hitchhike. No, I wouldn't either. And to be fair, there were some horrific murders tied to hitchhiking. Now, there are eight unsolved cases in what's known as the Santa Rosa. Way more than fucking eight. No, but there's this guy, okay? I'm getting to one particular serial killer. His name is Ed Kemper. Have you ever heard of him? The co-ed. Oh, the big, huge guy that killed his mom and, like, ate her brains? Did he do that? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. He was fucking nuts. He skull-fucked his mom. And we got to... I got to bleep that out. That's a horrible word to say. But, yes, he did that violated his dead mother to that extent. Oh my God. I don't even have info on that. All I know that he did for sure was murder and dismember six female students in 1970. Um, he didn't just dismember them. He like dismembered them and studied them as if they were frogs that we dissected in high school. We did a pig in my high school. He's featured on like a Netflix remake. It's called, Oh, I can't remember because I haven't watched any seasons for a while. Like Mind Doctor or something like that. Anyways. Wow. Well, you know what? He was a huge man, too. He was like 6'5", like big man. Well, now you're making him sound good. Uh, (laughs) All of his victims were hitchhikers. All of his victims, other than his mother, obviously. Right. Um, But so that's what's so disgusting. Mm -hmm. And he said he blamed it on the young women. He said uh, it's the women's fault for hitchhiking in the first place. They were obviously asking for it. Oh, don't get us started on that fucking argument. They were asking for it. Go fuck yourself. No, I think because he had a horrible mom, he hated women. Yeah, yeah. So what happened then after this guy, uh, who was obviously sick and twisted, but it was around this time that the government didn't like hitchhiking. So the media took him as an example and really ran with it being like, if you hitchhike, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, using one man who is a bad apple as the example for all hitchhikers. And, you know, it's not necessarily true. Even without him, I do believe that hitchhiking is dangerous for single women. Yeah, it is. And and that's what it says here. In conclusion, hitchhiking is never going to come back in the same way. They mention Uber and Lyft as being like the modern day versions, but ride other ride sharing programs for longer distances. But but because I, but I just think it's sad that like the the essence of hitchhiking that we started with was helping one another and that that we could use back. That's what society has changed. We don't help our neighbors. No one will knock on your door. I have I've lived in my building for 
six years and I have not met a single one of my neighbors. You see, and that's weird. And like in the fifties, the whole building would know each other and you'd all be having barbecues and shit. So, so that's what it, it, this article that I, I, or the many articles, you know, I compile my research and, you know, uh, says, <laughs> that's the sad thing is that that's for, why we took a break folks. Yeah. Not because of COVID, not I had to do research. Jesse needed to do his proper research, but it is kind of sad when you think about that for 50 years, half a century hitchhiking was an accepted form of transportation. People trusted each other. And now we're so far from that. That. not all that long later i guarantee you ask mama donna ask her if she hitchhiked back in the day and she would say she did oh she was pretty wild i'm sure she did a lot of things it was something that free-spirited people just like us did but our parents maybe she, maybe, you know maybe that's how we over can... the years it became super dangerous sometimes a little dangerous fun maybe that's how we'll meet a man Jesse's going to end up fucking dead in a ditch. I'm going to have to identify his body somehow. How would you identify my body? I don't know. You don't even have a tattoo. I have some weird marks. Yeah. 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 Just look for my fucking 10 inch dick. (laughs) On that note, we're getting off this. Happy travels. Inches, Jesse. You could have been like my eight inch and that would have been impressive. But you had to go 10 Okay, it's like seven-ish, okay? <laughs> Cheers. Well, then it's six. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> I love you. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N.